Well, good morning. I'm going to be reading from God's Word in Jeremiah chapter 1. I'll read the whole chapter. Jeremiah 1, verses 1 through 19. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of Yahweh came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord Yahweh, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But Yahweh said to me, Do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares Yahweh. Then Yahweh stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and Yahweh said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of Yahweh came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then Yahweh said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of Yahweh came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then Yahweh said to me, out of the north, the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, declares Yahweh, and they will come. And they will set each one his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against all its walls round about and against all the cities of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. Now, gird up your loins and arise and speak to them all which I command you. Do not be dismayed before them, or I will dismay you before them. Now behold, I have made you today as a fortified city, and as a pillar of iron, and as walls of bronze against the whole land, to the kings of Judah, to its princes, to its priests, and to the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you, for I am with you to deliver you declares Yahweh. Early in the life of our church, if you had shown up at this building um, sometime during the week, you would have seen Jim Bloomstrand sitting at the church office desk because he was our church secretary for, I don't know, how many years, Jim? A few. Anyway, a few. But each summer, typically each summer, he would head off to Mexico. I can't remember exactly when that started, but he would spend... Most, if maybe it started out as a week or two, then it ended up being most of the summer in Caetero doing the music school down there. And that's where 
things began for him as our missionary in Mexico. He served there for a number of years when he finally went with to every tribe's ministry as a part of their ministry in Mexico. And then I think, as you mentioned today, it was 2011 approximately or 2010 maybe that you ended up at the Lapaneca Bible Institute or Escuela Tabuleta. There we go. You do it better than I do. (laughs) So if you don't know Jim, you're going to get to know him some more. If you've been to the Sunday school class, you got to know a little bit about him today and his love for the Lord. But he is a genuine guy who is always on God's plan A because that's the life he lives. Thanks. It's so good to be with you again. It is, it is really the grace of God. When the Lord saved me, and He saved me when I was in my 40s, one scripture that really meant a lot to me was from first... Oh, excuse me. I've been with you on Zoom, and I know about the roving preacher thing, so I'll try... For your Zoomies, I'll, I'll, I'll try to stick around here, okay? Uh, but anyway... Uh, but one scripture that meant a lot to me was just a phrase out of 1 Timothy 4.10. We have fixed our hope on the living God. And it's the living God who is the one who is trustworthy and who has our lives planned for us. Well, um, I first of all have to start with greetings from your brothers in the mountains of Guerrero the Tlapanecos. They send greetings. They send much gratitude because for those of you who don't know, this church regularly supports the minister there, ministry there in Guerrero. Uh, financially in your prayers, uh, some of you write to me specifically, uh, by email, by the way, that's the best way to get in touch with me, uh, about specific, uh, concerns that are going on there. And the Lord is faithful to us. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial help, but just for your companionship in the gospel. That means a lot. Now, God sent me to this this people in southern Mexico that has their own language, their own culture, and we'll get into a little bit of that. But really what I want to get into is the scripture this morning. So if you're in Jeremiah chapter 1, For those of you who have been around for a while, you know I just kind of really love the prophet Jeremiah. Um, Okay, good. I was wondering which way was the right way up, and you wrote GBC, so now I know. Okay. All right. So we are going to look at Jeremiah, my favorite book of the Old Testament, because the Lord did a lot for me through this book, and look at some lessons for missions from Jeremiah. Now... We start out with the first three verse, verses in Jeremiah, and they're kind of an introduction. I guess I better get my Bible out here, too. Um, but Jeremiah had a particular time and a particular place and a particular background where he lived. Um, at, why does it say the words of Nehemiah here in my Bible. Okay, there we are. Okay. See, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, priests who were in Anathoth, 
in the land of Benjamin, to whom the Lord, uh, word of the Lord came, and he, you have the kings of that time. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, and, and so until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Let's look at this. First of all, Jeremiah had a background. God was going to call him to a specific ministry, but God had given him a specific background. Have you ever thought that you live during this time of your life because God put you in in this time, in, in these centuries or this century, where you happen to live in these particular days, in this particular situation, in this country. That's because God has a plan. God had a plan for Jeremiah, we're going to see. God has a plan for you. Why did God give you the parents you have? He has a plan. He's doing something. And you might not have a clue what he is doing. But he is doing his will for his glory. Let me get this music stand out of here. Sorry, I'll be right back. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, the violinist carelessly left his stand over there. <laughs> but the thing is, Jeremiah had a background. Now, let's take a look at it. Now, Jeremiah was born to a fellow named Hilkiah. You know what you know about him? Nothing more except for one little thing. He was a priest. How'd you get to be a priest in Israel in those days? Go to school? Uh-uh. You had to be born into a specific family. The priesthood in Israel, by, by God's decree, started with a guy named Aaron, Moses' brother. And... Everybody who was born into Aaron's family of the male line who was able-bodied was a priest. That was determined. That was what God had determined. So Jeremiah was born to this fellow Hilkiah, and he had the priesthood laid out for him for the rest of his life. Additionally, the priests had various cities around Israel. And he happened to live in the town of Anathoth. It was just a little bit north of Jerusalem, two or three miles away. Very close. And so it was the most convenient uh, town to be in. Now, we won't get into the orders of priests because this was going on. But if you were a priest, you only had to go to Jerusalem and work for one month out of every two years. But that was that was a system laid down by David, by the way. But... Uh, the priests didn't have land for farming like the rest, or farming or cattle like the rest of the Israelites did. They were to live by means of the offerings and the tithes that were brought by the rest of the Israelites to the temple. And then these got distributed to the priest cities throughout Israel. And that was how they were to make their living. So, essentially, Jeremiah had his life made from the time he was born. Now, speaking of times, Jeremiah had no idea at the time this chapter opens up, but he was living in the last days of his country. You see, when God had made a covenant by means of Moses, he had promised them tremendous blessings if they obeyed him. 
if they would worship only Him, if they would obey His ordinances. But He also promised tremendous curses and judgments if they disobeyed Him. And the final one was, I'm going to rip you out of the land where I, where I brought you in. And Jeremiah was going to be God's prophet during that time when this final judgment on Israel occurred. He was going to be a prophet for more than 40 years. And anyway, let's, let's get on with his, his call here. Uh, now, remember I mentioned that God has put you in a time, given you a background, given you a place that you happen to live. Well, take a look at what it says in verse 4. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know, all your physical and mental natal abilities that you are born with is because God formed you in the womb. He had you before you even knew you were you. And God is is uh, proclaimed to Jeremiah, I knew you. And God had, let's see, okay, so Jeremiah had a time, Jeremiah had a place, and Jeremiah had a role, he thought. <laughs> because suddenly, boing, God is going to change what he's going to do for the rest of his life. It's life-changing experience. And Jeremiah had this call from God. Now, this this call from God came... Uh, I just put up here, it uh, came, uh, came at God's time. Uh, reading on in verse 4, uh, well, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. That means I set you apart for a particular service. A lot of you are younger. I just love you. Love talking to you guys, because you don't know what God's got for you yet. It's going to happen. And God's God has something for each of us. We're going to get to that as we go along here. But God had... Uh, you know what? I could use my glasses, couldn't I? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he says, Before I formed you in the new womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. Now... Jeremiah was just finding out about it at this moment. See, I told you I was going to walk around. Uh, Jeremiah was just finding out about it at this moment. You know, the day before, he didn't have a clue. But now, God's... How did God talk to him? We don't know. God can do it any way he wants to. But he was doing this. Uh, I've got a quote from Paul up there. Uh, but... Uh, um, can somebody read that for me? Uh, yeah, I wish I, I... Well... But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul's talking about that. You know, Paul's conversion, when he was converted from being a blasphemer and a guy who opposed the church, God converted Paul at the time when it pleased God. God interferes with our lives at a time it pleases Him. Isn't that great? 
You know, it's not up to us. It's up to God. And he does this uh, through a lot of ways. Anyway, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Okay, now, this was God's appointment. When we're appointed as missionaries nowadays, we are sent out from a church. And there's a, a quote here that really has meant a lot to me as a missionary because uh, those of you who've known me for years know, knew that for years my heart was in Mexico. And where was my body? Mostly here. That's because being called by God and being sent by God are two different deals. You know, Paul knew from the moment God told him when he was converted, I, you know, I've sent you as an apostle to the Gentiles. But he had to wait for years till Acts chapter 13 happened. And then the Holy Spirit said to the church in Antioch where he was ministering, all right, time, go. And God might call you to missions, but you might have years where you're going to be preparing, where you're going to be ministering and in other places. And then finally, okay, it's time to go. I had to wait for something like that. King David's another example, you know, anointed when he was young. And then was he king immediately? No way. Years. Lots of experiences and God was getting him ready. Uh, Moses is another example. But anyway, God had consecrated, set apart Jeremiah for this purpose before he was born. Uh, now, as I mentioned, we have the churches to help us in, in this regard nowadays. And there's a quote from William Perkins that I have uh, sort of modernized. Uh, you know, do you want to know whether God wants you to go or not? Then you must ask your conscience and ask the church. Your conscience is the judge of your willingness and the church is the judge of your ability. And in just as you can't trust other men to judge your own inclination or desires, in the same way you can't trust your own judgment to judge your worthiness or capability. And isn't that great? God's given us the church here because we can ask God's people the church. And when it was time, there was no doubt about it, was there? When it's time, God wanted me to go. Yeah. But this was, this was Jeremiah's time. He's got his time when he's going to call you to whatever you're going to do in life. And you, he might be, it might be gently guiding you and you won't even sort of notice his hand behind it. If he's going to call you to missions, it's going to be bah, whatever way he wants. Well, what happened? Jeremiah went. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah had some objections. He, uh, he had a couple of principal ones here. Uh, <laughs> they're here in verse 6. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, I don't know how to speak because I'm a youth. Okay, uh, two principal objections. Look, I don't know how to speak. You think this applies to missionaries? <laughs> okay. 
Jesus Christ has chosen to build up his church by taking some people and sending them to places where they don't speak the language. It's not the language they were born with. Jesus did that with me. And I had the, uh, as I mentioned in Sunday school, when I first went to Mexico, I had the word taco. And that was, that was the only one, you know. I, I couldn't say anything else. And, you know, I, I'm from Minnesota, way up there in the north. And anyway, uh, but the Lord ha- has a deal, and it, there, there's a growth process in this. Now, Jeremiah did not have that difficulty. Uh, he was going to talk to his own people, the, the Jews. Uh, by the way, Ezekiel and Isaiah, when God called them, God called and <laughs> told both of them, Hey, I'm not sending you to some people with a strange language. I'm sending you to your own people. So God sends people to their, you know, people of your own language too. But, uh, I also, I, Jeremiah said, I'm a, I, I am a youth. Okay, what's a youth? Well, that's a person who's still kind of learning how to live. So, you know, what the, what the rules are and things like that. But you go to another culture. And I'll tell you, you have to learn uh, whole other things. For instance, two people this morning, uh, very good, uh, asked me uh, in those images of the worship sites for the pagan gods that they worship, there's a cross. Okay, how come that's there? You know, that's real Christian, isn't it? Well, <laughs> well, what happens is they've mixed their pagan animistic religion with Catholicism and that Catholicism is big on on crosses, and to them it's just another really powerful superstitious symbol. And the significance of it, they have not a clue. Nothing about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and His atonement for our sins. No. It's just a, a really powerful symbol. And uh, so you go to a different people group and you have to learn a different way to live. And Jeremiah is saying, I'm a youth. Well, I still don't know all the ropes that I should know if I'm going to be a prophet. And this is true in missions as well. You have to get to know the culture. And and veteran missions missionaries say that language and culture acquisition is something you should dedicate your first years on the field to. Not get heavily involved in work. I'll tell you, when I first uh, was sent and uh, lived in Mexico there in Querétaro um, by you, I felt kind of guilty because I wasn't doing as much as I would like to do. I was so incompetent, but it takes years. Frankly, it takes years. And so if things don't happen right away, don't worry about it. God has his time for everything. But Jeremiah's objections here uh, are good for us. Um, uh, boy, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to have to go away and read, read this stuff on the board here. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is great. Oh, yeah. This is because when you're called to be a prophet or God, called to be a missionary, called to any type of God's service. What Paul wrote here in Second Corinthians is definitely true. Not that we are sufficient 
of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Jeremiah was saying, hey, look, I'm not sufficient to do it. And God, yeah, you're not. We're not depending on us. We're depending on God. And, uh, yeah, God chose what's weak in the world. That's for sure. Uh, you go there and you find out, boy, I'm not even looking at my notes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so anyway, oh, look at that. Vision's coming in. So Jeremiah had a particular mission. Uh, he was sent as a prophet to the nations. Now, uh, this is a, was a unique calling, by the way, in the Old Testament. There was not another prophet who was sent as a prophet to the nations. He had some, uh, you know, Jonah and Nahum who were uh, going to prophesy to Nineveh, uh, Obadiah to Edom, uh, others specifically to Israel or to Judah. But Jeremiah was a prophet to the nations. And I, I think that's, well, you know, he had a lot of prophecies to the nations in verses, or chapters 46 through 51. But I really think his prophecy to the nations was because he was a prophet who revealed the new covenant. When the old covenant of God with Israel went to pot, he proclaimed that God had a new covenant that's not like the old covenant. And this is for the nations. This is a new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Jeremiah had that that message. Uh, but, you know, how about you? Jeremiah had a particular mission. And look at what Ephesians uh, 2.10 says. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has appointed beforehand that we should walk in them. God has some good works for you to do if you're a Christian. He's called you to be a Christian, by the way. Uh, being called to the mission field isn't different from being called to be a Christian. You know, if you're a Christian, God's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been taken from one place spiritually and put in another other place spiritually. And God's done that. And he can do that just the, just the same in calling you to a different culture and to a different place in the world and a different language. And uh, anyway, uh, by the way, looking out at you, uh, George Mueller, uh, the guy who was famous for setting up uh, orphanages in London and, and praying about it, well, he was a pastor. Then when he was 80 years old, he went as a missionary. So if you have gray hair, hmm, or white hair, you know, uh, watch out. <laughs> but you never know when God's going to get you. But uh, anyway, God is God is really good about that. So uh, anyway, God had this mission for Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations. Now, looking at at that mission again, uh, let me talk a little bit more about uh, God's. Uh, answering uh, Jeremiah's objections. I, I don't know how to speak. I'm a youth. God said, don't, don't say I'm a youth. Anywhere I send you, you're going to go. 
And uh, frankly, when I first got to Mexico, I felt, you know, there was an itch until God put me in the niche where God, I am right now, and that's just perfectly the spot. It's amazing. Uh, and, uh, and because everywhere I send you, you'll go, all that I command you, you'll speak. And then verse 9, the Lord stretched his hand out. He touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Look, I put my words in your mouth. Now, this is another thing about missions. We're not out, out there to spread our culture. We're not out there to spread our opinions. It's God's word. And this is one reason to get the language down pretty well. And also, the culture, because the culture uh, helps define what language means. And so if you're going to share God's word, unlike Jeremiah, we have God's word. I don't know how many translations there are of the Bible in English, but we have a bunch of them in Spanish too. And in Tlapaneco, New Testament is even is not even finished yet. But fortunately, we're training people who are also trained by others how to express biblical truths in their language to other Tlapanecos. And but the thing is it's God's word in our mouth. Now that's a real relief. If if you think that your salesmanship has anything to do with how well you can spread the gospel, forget it. You know, I when I was thinking of this the phrase that came to my mind, excuse me, was, I couldn't sell water to a drowning man. And, and that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but, excuse me, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I, but, but the thing is, I don't have any salesmanship whatsoever. But you just share God's word, and then he does what he wants with it. And we're going to get get to that eventually. Okay. But Jeremiah had a mission, he says, uh, uh, I, I put, I've, uh, verse 10, I've appointed you this day over the nations, over the kingdoms, to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, overthrow, to build and to plant. Now, a lot of going to another culture and sharing the gospel is going to have to do with these first four verbs tearing down and plucking up and destroying because they've got their own beliefs. They've got their own gods or whatever they think is important. In our culture, we have our own gods too, you know, education and all that junk. Uh, yeah, get, get smart, you know. You get, get educated enough, you'll believe anything. Uh, but the thing is, a lot of following Jesus Christ is getting rid of the other stuff. And I've got to tell you a story here. Okay, God sent this guy, H.P. Lemley, to the Tlapanecos, first missionary, pioneer missionary in 1938. And he was up there. Uh, they wouldn't let him stay in the village he wanted to, Tlaquapa, but there was a guy outside the village named Catarino, who let him build a house on Caterino's property. So Lemley built his house out there, and Caterino served as his language advisor as he was trying to learn Tlapaneco. By the way, he had to walk 10 days into this village 
into this place where he was. And and so he was there. Uh, and Caterino, meanwhile, had his idols for his god of this, god of that, god of that. His worship place where he worshipped his gods. And one day after uh, Lemley had been there for quite a while, he saw Caterino and he had an armful of these idols. And he was just walking over somewhere. And Lemley said, what are you doing? And he says, I'm getting rid of these. And Lemley said, why? And Caterino said, because I don't need them anymore. I believe in Jesus Christ. The tearing down had been done. And that's what's necessary in those lives. Let, uh, just just to go on here, uh, Caterino had a daughter, Francisca is her name, she's still alive, and she has a son who is a Bell Espinosa. He's my boss at the school. So that's part of the family history there. But you see, now Abel, it, he had the vision when God saved him and when he went to Bible school to start a Bible school for the Tlapanecos. And that's, that's part of the building up to take people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ and build them up in the faith and in the knowledge of what the Bible says. Uh, well, let's read the, the scripture here. It says, uh, a little tearing down here. Yeah, for the weapons of our warfare aren't of the flesh, but they had divine power to destroy stru- destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. And that's, that's part of a, a missionary's work. And Jeremiah the prophet's work too. And then the building up. Where, this is some reference to building up here. We strive to excel in building up the church. Let all things be done for building up. We're here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Those are the particular teaching gifts in, in the church. For building up the body of Christ. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Only such as is good for building up. And just as Jeremiah was called to tear down and then to build up, we are too with the gospel. And that's, that's true on the mission field as well. And God has put me in a spot where the building up is, is emphasized especially, but the tearing down is really important as well. If you look at Paul's exposition of the gospel in Romans, he, he starts out with the gospel for the wrath of God. It, this is against ungodliness. He goes on through chapter 1, chapter 2, half of chapter 3, tearing down all the righteousness of man. So all, when it's time to present the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, you see why you need him. And that's that's part of the, the mission's work. You know what's wonderful? We don't have to invent that stuff. It's in the Bible. Just know the Bible. Bring the Bible to bear. God does the work. Well, this is what uh, Jeremiah had to do. Now, Jeremiah had a couple introductory visions. You know, if you're going to be called, I don't know if you'll have introductory visions. If you do, I'd say watch what you're eating. Uh, okay. So, I... Uh, Verse 11 here, uh, word of the Lord came to me and said, What do you see, Jeremiah? 
I said, I see the rod of an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, you've seen well, because I'm watching over my word to perform it. Now, there's the, the rod of an almond tree. I don't, I don't know if there are any almond trees around here. And uh, I, they're not down there where I live either. But it's a play on words, the shaked, shaked, saying in, in Hebrew, uh, watching over an almond tree or almond whatever are the very similar words. And this is the original vision to Jeremiah. You see, God says he's going to put his words in Jeremiah's mouth, but can Jeremiah perform what he's going to proclaim? Uh Uh-uh. Can you bring a person to faith in Jesus Christ? No way. Can you give him new life in Christ? Can you forgive his sins? No, you can't. But God can. Who's watching over his word to perform it? It's God. And this, this is the whole thing in missions and in your own life as Christians as you share the gospel. You share the truth, but God does the work. You've heard that before, haven't you? Okay, you share the truth. God does the work. The truth is in God's word. And so God is watching over that word to perform it. And then God gave uh, Jeremiah another introductory vision. And uh, here comes judgment. And as we said, the, the gospel starts with our need for a Savior, with our need for salvation. And that's what we have here in verses uh, uh, 13 and 14. The word of the Lord came to me a second time. What do you see? I said, a boiling pot facing away from the north. The Lord said to me, it's out of the north that the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. There comes a day of judgment. For, for Judah, this day was coming. And that was part of Jeremiah's message. Message. It's part of our message too. It's, it's right there in the book. But we get to proclaim that with confidence that God has chosen to save some people from this judgment to come, from the wrath to come. And then God ended up with a few parting words. And uh, starting in verse 17 here. Gird up your loins and arise. Speak to them what I command you. Don't be dismayed before them or I'll dismay you before them. Now look. I've made you today as a fortified city, as a pillar of iron, as walls of bronze against the whole land. Uh, skipping to 19, they'll fight against you, but they're not going to overcome you because I'm with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. My command, get ready. Prepare yourself. If God sends you the mission, mission field, do the best you can to pre- prepare yourself. You know where your best preparation is going to come? Right here in the church where God put you. That's where you're going to learn God's word. You're going to learn how it applies. You're, and and so get ready. Uh, every sermon you hear, God has something for you. God has ordained it like that. that that's what keeps me from falling asleep. Uh, actually, actually, it's so interesting. I just love it. Okay. Second, don't be discouraged. There's a lot of discouragement 
that comes our way. God's planned it that way. And He has planned to show His sufficiency in our times when we're going to be discouraged. And then the promise, I'm with you. And that's that wonderful promise where God, where Jesus is sending His disciples out. He says, look, I'm always with you to the end of the age. And you know what? Jesus Christ is still with us. Wherever we are. He is the one who's doing his work. He's the one who is building his church. But he sent some people out. Prophets, missionaries. To you, you know, maybe to your person across the street. But God is glorifying his own name by what he does through weak people like us. That's so he gets all the glory. Amen.